Okay, who knows Captain Planet and the Planeteers? Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I'm trying to find where I belong. Dave's here to tell us why the church has an answer, and we recap a conversation with Bill Gaither. But before we shut up and be... Now that they've peered over the catastrophe of loneliness and punched holes in the darkness, let's welcome our favorite piano players, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Piano. Wow, I don't get that you reference. got it all, all right, so in there. If you're at Fisher's or the five o'clock service at 146 or North Indy, Bill Gaither <laughs> called the piano a piano. Piano. Piana. Piana. You're a p- piano player. Did he misspeak or that's just what he Who called knows? No, he said that's what they called it wherever he's from. <laughs> yeah. Growing up. Piana player. Piana. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Guys, welcome. Hey. Dave, welcome back. Hello. Two weeks in a row. It's been probably half a year since it's been two weeks in a row. It will be three weeks if you have me back Woo. next week. Whoa. If we'll have what? him. Whoa. If we'll have him. Uh, guys, what's new? What's going on? What's happening? I am I am just plowing through these next couple of weeks. Yeah, we, we closed, what's going on? We closed on our house, which uh-huh. is exciting. We're gonna move in sometime next week at the very latest next Thursday. But you're a grown up boy. I'm a grown up boy. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to to preempt that one. Um, but I'm. It also happens to be my last two weeks of seminary, which means that I've got two big exegetical papers to write and I'm preaching not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. So I basically have got, I've got to write 10,000 words, all of it exegetically sound and researched. And I've got to, you know, do my normal job and I've got to preach next weekend. So all that and a move and the the bunnies and and the, and got to care for the bunnies, get those, uh, (laughs) and you got to make basil videos. That was just for fun on my day off. (laughs) That That was like, I was, I was so impressed by that. Well, thanks. I made a little how to harvest basil seeds video on my Instagram and I put it on Facebook too. Informative, entertaining. Well, a deep dive into horticulture. There was such a thing. It's just me learning how to be a farmer guys. That's I'm just, and I thought I'd share the journey. So, well, so Friday or something, I texted Barry and I was like, Hey man, we got to hang out. And Barry's response was, that sounds great. Probably sometime in September. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. No, I just don't know. It's like, I don't know. This is one of those seasons. Like I go yeah. home yeah. from work and I keep working on seminary <laughs> and it's every day. Yeah. And then I've got work things in the evening. It's just, I, I don't like using I'm busy as like a, or a answer. I don't, we shouldn't always be busy. We should have margin in our lives, but this is yeah. one of those seasons. It's like. What'd you let's do this? Oh yeah. That's what I, every morning I look at myself in the mirror and I say that But at least there's an end in sight, right? There is. I'm so close, but to a certain point. Yeah. I've got these two classes and then I'm done and we, and then I like, I have a week off in the new house so I could just spend a whole week just like being in your house, being in the house and walking around the yard. It's going to be great. Uh, but I do have a little bit of news. I don't even know if you guys have heard about, you've probably heard. Uh, so you know, we, we have this dream of having a rescue farm and we thought, okay, someday we're going to get some animals, some res- some animals that are in need of rescue to just live out their lives in peace on our farm. Maybe we'll call it Haven Farm or something. We don't know. We're still working on the name, <laughs> but well, hang on. You've been calling it Haven Farm for like well, that, a solid year and a but half. But there's like other You're places. Like, maybe Haven Farm. Well, Who knows? I need to look into it. There's a place called like Wind Haven Farm. Oh, I don't yeah. know what they do in Indy somewhere. I don't want to like step on their toes. Yeah. I'm surprised you're not doing something with new creation. 
that I, we also thought about that. That would be like new creation farm or something. I don't know. We're, we're working on it. Yeah. Uh, but all that to say, we thought, all right, we'll get settled. We'll get the property ready. And then maybe next year sometime we'll get our first animal or two or something like that and begin the process. Well, smash cut, smash cut to two days before our final walkthrough <laughs> yes. when a stray goat apparently showed Stop up it. on the property. Don't call a stray he, goat. Yeah. It was a stray. Looky goat. there. Yeah. No, listen, he had a rope. He had like a, a collar on and a rope attached to no. his neck. He had the numbers 107 spray painted <gasps> on his side. He had Whoa. escaped from somewhere. What on earth? And, and the, From the fair? Maybe. I don't know. I asked the owner, I was like, what, like, where do you think he came from? And he said, I don't know. He just shows up and he, he'll, he'll leave. He'll leave and come back and leave and come back. But they started feeding him yeah. because they, I mean, he was just a stray. And so, and then he started, <clears throat> he joined the herd of their two horses. So now oh, yeah. he, is, he thinks he's a horse now. And so <laughs> they, he's really skittish around humans. I don't, he doesn't like being, we didn't, we never got any, cl- got close to him at all, but he's so yours. We, well, and I, the owner was like, so we don't know if we're going to be able to take, and I was like, uh, we'll, we'll take him. Yeah. We'll start caring for him. If he's, if he's able to be, you know, if we can actually grab them so and, what do and goats tie them do? up. So they hang out and they eat stuff. Okay. Where do I live? I- <laughs> that a stray goat would show up at stray our property? Stray cats, for sure. Stray yeah. dogs, of course. But a stray goat. But what, just think about this. A stray goat on the that showed up and decided to make his home on the property days before we closed on a house that we want to turn into a rescue farm. That's pretty amazing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. So I don't know what to, I'm, here's what I'm thinking of calling him. Since he had these numbers spray painted on his side, I want to call him Digits. Digits yeah. the goat. Do you Digits guys like that name? Oh, I like that. Do you like that? All right. Yeah. Friends of the pod need to need to <laughs> chime in on that if you like the name Digits the goat. So Digits. So all that to say, he could run off. There's a chance that he may not be there when we get there, but like, who knows? If go, he's there, out. he'll I'm be out. our first rescue animal. Was anyone able to take all the, the rope off of his neck? He seemed to get it off himself. Okay. Like, like he showed up another day and he didn't have the rope on. So see. who oh knows what's goodness. going on? I don't yeah, know. Well, this is this is getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I got to write right. some papers. So you got to go. And then digits. You got to feed digits. Feeding digits. Yeah. <laughs> is it digits? Or I think digit? it's digits because there's three yeah. numbers. So. Digits. Well, that's all. That's, that's exciting. That's my life. How are you guys doing? Yeah, Marin, what's new? I have nothing compared to what Barry just shared. Barry, no rescue goats. You are in the middle of a, the biggest transition possibly of your life. I am. Do you know this? I, I like, am. Your kids are oh, officially yeah. high schoolers. They are Both. indeed. They mm. are. I'm enjoying it. We are the same age. I'm enjoying it. I we are the same age. I I just Milo's got a, two. I got a jump start on things. Yeah. Yeah. How's it feel? Um happy and sad all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. The night Doing before okay? Desi went to high school, I cried like a maniac. Oh. Like yeah. I, I didn't think I would, but like maybe it was partially because Jed wasn't home, so there was no one there to like bounce my feelings off of, and I just Where's cried Jed? like crazy. On the eve of Desi's Jed, freshman year, <laughs> Jed goes to the gym a lot. He was oh. probably he does physical things with his life. His life. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. But no, it's been it's been good. We actually this weekend went uh, like homecoming shopping. Does he? Oh my a, goodness! A homecoming dress it's, already. Wait, does she have a date? Isn't that in the spring? She plans on going with no, one of her prom. with one of her friends. Oh, prom. oh yeah, homecoming is homecoming fall. is fall. Yeah, yeah. so they're oh, already yeah. thinking. I mean, this is her first high school dance, so yeah. she's wait. a little uh, enthusiastic about it. Are we breaking news? Does she does she have a date? What? No, no, oh. she's gonna go with a group of girlfriends. Yes, yes. That's we need the to best. find one. But she. <laughs> 
can Barry and I be chaperones? Would you please? I yeah. love that. <laughs> that would be perfect. Yeah. Actually, one of the things I, I like about the school, I tell my kids all the time, I've got eyes everywhere because mm-hmm. there's a lot of grace mm-hmm. folk that yep. work there. There's Watch a lot out, of grace Desi. folk that are other parents there. Okay, y'all. so I she's going. She's all in. Yeah. Is yeah. Jaden participating? I do not believe that he Come is. on, Jaden. He didn't he probably last has year marching either. Band stuff yeah, then, right? marching band yeah. conflicts marching with band homecoming. Marching band plays at homecoming in the... No. In the marching band does not conflict the with the dance. It conflicts yeah. with the dance to no some degree. No way. To the point where the marching band had their own homecoming dance like a couple days later. All right, so wait. This- I just remember when I was in marching band, I was relieved that I didn't have to go to a dance. <laughs> oh, no. That's, exactly. all, that's all I remember. That sounds very much like Jaden. That's where Jaden's uh, at. Where I Desi was- is like swatching eyeshadow. Yeah. Like we went to Alta on Saturday and her whole arm was full of different shades of orange. So does he feel forever. when she's like pumped about doing stuff like this and he's going to the same school does he feel pressured to like hang with it or is he just like in his own universe he's kind of in his own universe i think she's trying to pressure him as much as she can for instance she was scared all of last year that her brother wouldn't sit next to her on the bus and now and now their partners sitting next to each other on the bus i was was expecting you to say now she won't sit with him oh Oh. no 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 they're a team and Uh, i I really do like that it's been really cool yeah i'm picturing a time in about 10 years where both of them are sitting at a counselor going do you remember when our lives really (laughs) We're told in a podcast every uh, week. Oh my well, goodness. you aren't hearing the half of it. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, <laughs> I was a little bit older than my sister and I, I think I was a grade ahead of her. So Jaden's two grades, right? Of Des? No, one He's grade ahead one. of Okay, Des, so yeah. same, same age difference. And my sister w- would often be the first to do stuff. Like yeah. she was the first to get her driver's license. And oh, yeah. that's, that was the trigger for me to be like, wait, maybe I should have my driver's that's license. Even though a year and a half happening. ago, I probably should have she had was it. leading up. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was always like the pressure for me to like keep up was yeah. my younger sister who was over exceeding, <laughs> over achieving my own like progress. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. pretty much how it goes. Right. So you've posted some nostalgic things over the last couple uh, of months, pictures from of them when they were little and yes. all that stuff. Do you, does that like drive you to deep emotion or does it, does it bring you joy? What is the, it's all of the things. All of it? It's definitely deep emotion because I mean, every parent feels like, yeah. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Remember when, you know, I, I look at my daughter's face sometimes and I think when she was an infant, I used to hold her and stare at her face and just wonder what she'd look like at mm. this Aww. age. Mm-hmm. And now she's at this age, there you is. know, Ooh. it is like a smash cut from yeah. her, just her mm. infancy or her, you know, younger years to now. So it, it gives me all the emotions, but it so, also gives me like a great sense of pride Yeah, because we've come a long, long way as a family. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, <laughs> I have hustled. I'll just put it that way. Uh, well, I was about to say, all right, they're kind of like independent now. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. So with all your free time, what are you doing? Free time? <laughs> Come again? You I don't know. know where you work, but I don't know what you're talking about free time. Oh man. So when's the first like football game? When are we going? First football game is this Friday. So we got to go. We well, cannot. that's coming to community. Oh, See? we can't go. See All right. So you understand my life now. When's the first like game that we can attend with you to see Jaden? I don't know, but I will let you know. What? Do you okay. want to come? What? Yeah. What is he playing? Like snare or is he playing? He's playing bass drum. Bass drum. Bass mm-hmm. drum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He loves it. He's obsessed with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. How are you? 
Good. Yeah. Now that it's day. Now that it's day? Yeah. Last night I woke up at about two in the morning, standing in the bathroom, not knowing where I was. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad it's day because night was not good. <laughs> night was bad. I don't know what that is, okay. but I, I used to sleepwalk a lot. So explain what. Do you really not, did you really not, like, is this a medical thing we need to be concerned about or I don't, don't, were you sleepwalking? I don't know what I was doing. Penny is gone. She's with (laughs) Henry. I'm by myself. All I know is I'm standing in the bathroom going, wait, where am I? It was a little clammy in here. It was clammy. It was terrible. And I was scared to death and I went back and then I didn't want, then I woke up feeling like somebody was beside me. So it's a great oh, night. It, gets, it was it was terrible. So, is it always like this when Penny's not home? No, it's not. And that's why I wondered, what did I have for dinner? Because it was crazy. Anyway, I'm good <laughs> now that it's day. All right. I, and guess wow. what? And get this. I don't want to go to bed tonight because now I'm freaking You're out. You're scared. Now. I'm scared. So, has, that, has that ever happened to you guys where you wake up and you don't know where you are? Because it no. happens to me frequently. No. I wake up and I See? cannot remember where I am. Oh, but you're still in bed. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I so like when I travel, that happens every yeah, time. If I, yeah, okay. if I'm actually somewhere I'm not supposed to be, let me make. But no, this it weirder. happens to me routinely in my <laughs> wait, own wait. apartment. Dave's gonna make it weirder. Here we this go. is the other thing. <laughs> here's what I thought. I thought I was standing in the bathroom with a pair of shorts on, with the pockets turned out. They were. <laughs> They were. They were. I thought they were. That's what in my. That's what it felt like. I'm standing in my. Gird your loins. I'm standing somewhere with the pockets turned out in my pants. That's what it felt like. But it wasn't. But it was not. No, it wasn't that way because I wasn't wearing pants. (laughs) So, any rate, this this is really degrading. Is a family friendly podcast. Let's remember that. No, you know how you pull your pockets out of your pants. Yeah, you know that's what all it was. You know when you're looking for coins. That's what it felt like. I was standing there. And yeah. What does it feel like to have your pockets pulled out? I don't know that I, I have no idea. You just had the the mentality that this is what is happening. This is literally what happened. This is what it felt like to me. How long do you think it took you to come to? I, I don't know. I think, I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of the things right now. So Jaden was a sleepwalker, like intensely. So, and for like, long periods mm-hmm. of time he would just be completely disoriented and I'd be stunned yeah. like I think the worst he ever did was put himself in a bathtub while sleeping and run the water and still not wake up oh yeah I mean Whoa. I got up, I got yeah. up and peed Intense. into a trash can you your, did was that in your room or is <laughs> yeah. that in my <laughs> when I was little so yes, I remember I remember that yeah <laughs> all that to say I I have a friend <sighs> I have a friend I think he it was because he was on Ambien who actually went to the grocery store and shopped and came home and made a meal and then went back to bed and <laughs> realized that the next oh, day. Oh my goodness. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's not funny, but it, no, it's yeah. pretty funny. Oh no, that's horrific. Was he driving? Yeah. Must yeah have. He, terrifying. Actually dro- he actually drove to the grocery store. Oh my goodness. No. So there it is. So Tyler, wow. so I'm glad. How are you? I'm glad <laughs> it's daytime too, Dave. Glad After I'm hearing that, I'm glad, glad it's, it's daytime. daytime. Tell us about you, Tyler. Uh, no, I'm good. We went to the fair. I don't know. Maren, have you been to the Indiana State Fair yet? Uh, when I first moved here, I went. You went? Uh, yeah. We went. And last year we went with Milo. It was the first time. He was a baby. Didn't really care. Yeah. This year was the best. I wanted to stay there all day because he's just like, everything is awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. He sees a giant inflatable Spider-Man. Thinks and that's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, he gets a corn dog. Best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rides the elephant ride that's like the plastic spin yeah, yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Best thing ever. Gets to ride a pony. Best thing ever. It's It was great. 
and it made me kind of check back into like, I can't take these moments Mm. for granted. Mm -hmm. So like hearing your stories about your kids going to high school and stuff, I'm like, I, I do look forward to that because you and Jed are like, almost empty nesters just about <laughs> but at the same time like getting pumped about the elephant ride is the best yeah. so that's that's what's new in my life um i will say let me hear what you guys think about this we pulled into the fair parking ground parking lot uh parking spot normal got lines on it mm-hmm. the car next to us is on the line okay this person was in a truck backed into the parking spot we, me and my dad minivan life pull in right next to him <laughs> The truck is on the line. Yeah. I get out of the car. Milo's on the driver's side, so I got to get him out. As I'm doing that, the lady who's still in the truck next to me is like slamming on the window, being like, move your car. I can't get out. And I had an altercation in the parking lot. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What, wait, a physical altercation? No, Did you just get like a, a verbal one. <laughs> yeah. She was like screaming and banging on the window for me to get out. And I was like, No. She was, I'm not going to move my car. You're was, on the line. She, <laughs> what did? How did she take that? <laughs> so, I mean, it was it was a little bit awkward because we had to walk into the fair basically together. together. Oh, so, oh, can I buy so, you a corn dog? Yeah, so that was a little bit awkward, but uh, it went on for about 40 seconds. Luckily, no one else saw. I even asked Lauren. I was like, "Did you see that?" And she's like, "No, she nobody saw anything. It was just me and the lady." All right. Uh, Anyways, she goes to Grace. Yeah, you'll see her next yeah, weekend. It was, when- Pen- it was Penny Rodriguez. <laughs> no. no, but my question is, how do we feel about people that park on the line? <laughs> so you're looking for some oh, wow. moral support. Like that's not my fault, right? I was in the line. I, I didn't need to move my car. I find it reprehensible when people do not park accurately. Yeah. I, so. I will open my door to look down to just be sure that I'm not that person yeah. parked on the line. They're on the line screaming at me. <laughs> I mean, was she like did hindered she, from getting out? Was she, did she repent when she noticed that she had in fact parked too close to the line? <laughs> no, I pointed it out once again when she got out of the car. I was like, "See, you're on the line," and she looked at me and she just said, "People like you don't know how to park." <laughs> and that was it. Then we walked into the fair together. So it was great. Oh, Blame displacement wow. isn't that yeah. uh, a sign of a chronically anxious culture? Well, there it yeah. is. There it is. Yeah. There it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways. Fair well, I'm great. glad the fair was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the oddest opening. I know, man. This is. Yeah, this was really this something. Is, we used to do this all the time. We used to just <laughs> ruminate 20 For minutes. Like, yeah. 20 like minutes deep minutes. on like this kind of stuff. And usually now we've gotten it to about nine to 11 minutes, we but we're back up to 20 this time. Oh, we man. don't even care about spiritual application to the opening. No. It's just like, this is, it's it is full spir- Everything is spiritual. I think the people just want to know the truth. Yeah. The truth There's is. The truth. You're I, sleepwalking. I, we He's having altercations in the parking lot. Got goats showing up. Goats are just coming out of nowhere, showing up with ropes so around their year, neck. Man. And and your kids are moving on. My kids yeah. are moving on, and I just well, yeah. There it is. They're moving on. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Who was tra- that? That was Barry. That was me during my science head explosion. Mind oh, blown. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, guys, great services this past weekend. Bill yeah. Gaither is really joined us, um, and he's not here today. But we're there, gonna we're gonna move on. That would have been fun. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been fun. Uh, great idea, whoever's whose ever idea that was to bring him in. I think it was Dad. Because here's the deal: 
if you saw the services this past weekend, I hope you feel this way. If you haven't, go back and watch because this is a guy who's what in his eighties. I think he said he's eighty two, yeah. and he's you know legendary to the Christian music scene at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was up there speaking, and my wife, who's in her twenties, was like, "I love him." <laughs> and like he was speaking through generate backwards through generations and like getting yeah. on their level on some yeah. things. And I don't know. It just felt really great to hear that from him. So let's talk <laughs> about the services a little bit. Dave, you were the primary interviewer. And so um, let's start there and talk about Bill Gaither as the guy and the, the yeah. and your experience just speaking well, yeah. with him and hanging with him all weekend. Well, the, the story, the story of how this came about is um, I've got, well, actually Barry and I've gotten to know Bill um, for the past couple of years um, through a series of circumstances. And I gave him a tour of the care center three months ago, mm-hmm. two and a half, two months, whatever it was. And while we were there, he said, Hey, can I, can I show you something? We we're in Mighty's uh, Mike Chandler's office. And he said, can I show you this music video about the church? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And it was still in production. It wasn't finished. And I looked and I watched it and I went, Hmm, cause I knew we were doing this, the series yeah. on the church. And I thought, how cool would it be? I, my original thought was just play, just play, play that. That's it. And then one day I was like, I wonder if he would be willing to let me come and bring a video crew and just me sit down at his house and have a conversation about the church. Cause yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing led to another, and he was at all three services at 146th Street, and of course we broadcast to the other two campuses. So that's how it came about. Um, yeah. So, so you spent, you know, three services with him, or yeah. that, you spent all afternoon, I guess, yeah. mm-hmm. and then all morning with him. Right. What What did you pick up? Like what 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 are some things you learned throughout that experience? Wow. Well, first of all, he is. Uh, Full of stories, full of contacts. I don't know. I don't know that I know many people that know more people than hmm. Bill Gaither does. Yeah, he's just is highly connected in the Christian community and has been such for dozens and dozens and dozens of years. So I was just amazed at his recall of stories and events and people that blew my mind. And but here's the thing that blew my mind more than anything else. He is such a he's fun and loving and sweet. Mm-hmm. He's just a sweet man. And um, I don't know if you heard this, uh, the surreal moment we had here on Sunday morning. I'm talking to Marin. The surreal moment we had on Sunday morning here because at 146th Street, the band usually gathers out in the lobby to pray out there. And Bill was with us. And uh, all of a sudden, I think it was Emily uh, Sutherland said, hey, let's sing one of your songs. So the band is out there and we start singing uh, There Is Something About That Name. Mm. And I, I'm standing there, standing beside Bill Gaither, singing There's Something About That Name. And all the band and the singers are singing along with it. And I thought, this is one of the most surreal moments of my mm. life. And then I look over at Abraham, who was playing keyboard, and tears are coming down his He's face. He's from our, our Venezuelan Venez- community. One of our Venezuelan, mm. uh, who's an incredible keyboardist. Mm-hmm. And I turned to him and I said, you know this song? He said, oh, yes, we sing this song. Yeah. And it was just a, <laughs> wow. it was a beautiful, cool moment. That was not something mm. in the service, but something I remember. One thing I liked was the opening video that kind of explained who the Gaithers were to anyone who might not know. Right. And just a handful of their songs 
came up on the screen and it made you go, oh, he wrote that? Oh, I didn't, all yeah. these songs that can be directly attributed to them. Oh, yeah. If you're my age, you grew up singing them. Mm-hmm. They're they're practically hymns at this point to yeah. my generation mm-hmm. and yeah. younger. Yeah. Well, he he is, he was declared by someone the Christian songwriter of the century. Not decade, mm. century. Yeah, um, I was trying to think of what, what would be a modern analogy? There really isn't anybody that would be an exact, but it would be like to the level of if Hillsong and Elevation was all one big group, all led by one person or something like that. They're yeah. just prolific yeah. songwriters yeah. that have an imp- that are being sung across the the mm-hmm. country. But again, the analogy falls short because yeah. it was a different era. Yeah. And he took. I uh, he was the first lie he uh, the Bill Gaither trio which he and Gloria and I forgot third guy I forget his name but at any rate uh, that's the first live concert I ever saw when I was a teenager hmm. and it was groundbreaking because what he did was I it's one of the first well in my mind he he brought popular music style into my church mm-hmm and that and that changed me. Hmm. Now there have been others who have done that have obviously, you know, melded popular music in, in even probably before Bill Gaither. But um, yeah, it's powerful. He seemed uh, well. First of all, I, I wrote down two things about him. One, the number one thing I noticed is that he's a great storyteller, mm-hmm. and I he think is. as a songwriter, that's just kind of what what you're doing, anyways. But. Um, when he was, he, I don't know if he did this at every service or not, but uh, at least the service at North Indy saw, and then again at 11, he he would kind of recite some of the lyrics to some of his songs. Mm-hmm. And if I had been listening to the song, I may have just kind of like paid attention to the melody or something or kind of uh, doing something else while the music's playing or something, but not really paying attention. But as he's going down the lyrics, like going through the lyrics, I'm like, Man, these are really simple, but they're really like profound, deep, yeah, important lyrics. Probably forty years ago, but also right now. Yeah. What? And a matter of fact, um, he quoted again. I don't know which service he quoted, but he he and Gloria. Gloria is is mostly the he's she's the lyric writer mm-hmm. in general. He wrote the music. She wrote most of the lyrics. He wrote some of them, but most of it were her lyrics. And he quoted the song. Um, um, I am love. I am love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can, did he, did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can risk loving you. Yeah. The love, the one who loves me best. Yeah. Loves me most or so I uh, loves you most or something like, like that. That stuff's, I probably wouldn't pay attention yeah. to that if it's a Southern gospel song on the radio, right. you know, but mm-hmm. because well, he's talking and, about it. I'm, and if you heard the music to it, I know that song. It's very Southern gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what he pointed out, which I thought was cool is that it was groundbreaking lyrics in its day. Yeah. Because you didn't, you don't, he said, especially men would never sing. I am love. Right. I am love, you know, and I can risk loving you. That was a, and I, the more I thought about them, I thought that's, that's, that is not unusual for us. But back in the day, that was unusual. Yeah. That was a, a kind of a penetrating, honest lyric. Yeah. His song, Because He Lives, was sung at my father's funeral. Mm. And my mom said at first, uh, she was almost offended by it. Like, what do you mean because he lives? He's not living. Yes, right. You know, it, they sung it at a funeral. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the profundity didn't hit her until 
later on when she realized yeah yeah that they chose that song because they can face tomorrow That's right. they yeah. can have hope in the coming day um because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ well before the before the service we were in the green room and he uh, uh i think one of our production volunteers came up to him and had a very hard time talking and he just wanted to tell him almost identical what you just said we sang because he lives at my dad's funeral mm. or my dad asked for that song to be sung at his funeral before he died and the man stumbled all of himself emotionally trying to say thank you for what it did for their family yeah, mm. yeah. um that's, that's powerful that's kind of the impact that's the impact of bill gloria yeah mm. yeah and the other thing i wrote down <laughs> first is that he seems like a great storyteller i would i could yeah. probably sit there and watch Hours oh, yeah. of you two talking and asking questions. But the other thing I wrote down is uh, he seems very self-aware. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, like super self-aware of like my place in mm -hmm. music history, but also like my place in my grandkids' lives and my place in society right now. And um, there was a moment where he said that he had corrected Siri and he's like talking about technologies. He's, he's hanging a little bit, yeah. but he's very self-aware that like I this is for younger generations and this right. is for older generations. Yes. And there's a, there's, it's very important that, you know, intergenerational diversity happens. And yeah. that was the other thing. I, Barry, it sounds yeah, like yeah, you I, I agree. I too. think he, he was, he's aware of the fact that he's getting older. He's yeah. also aware. And so he's aware that that means perhaps he, his influence that he once had doesn't translate to younger generations as, yeah. as it once did. And he's aware of that, Yeah, but he's also aware that he's getting older and he's got, you know, he wants to leave a legacy. And mm -hmm. so right now I, I wish he had, I, I, apparently he didn't bring this up at the other services, but just the fact that he went into such great d depth about how important intergenerational community is, he was able to speak from his, from his vantage point. He could speak prophetically to both older generations and said, you need to learn. And what did he say at 11? He said something like just Something I translate in my mind is just chill out. Like it's was okay. it shut up and be? Was yeah. it that one? Was that what yeah, shut, shut up, up and be. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, it, that, where he's he just saying, be is the most important word in the New Testament, and we often need to just shut up and be. Yeah. Well, that idea he was saying to the older generations, like you need to just take a take a chill pill and learn from yeah. younger people. But then he said also younger people. He could say this, I, you need to learn from those who are older. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the best type of community. And it, it was, was strong, but it was gentle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What he so I just love that he, he seems yeah. to be in that sweet spot of understanding that he is not, doesn't have the same level of like maybe relevance and hipness yeah. as he once did, but he also realizes he has a level of authority from the decades yeah, of ministry totally. that he can speak from. So I thought he, he strikes yeah. that balance naturally and really well. Yeah. One of the questions you asked, Dave, was uh, your first question was what kind of what is your perspective on the church right now? What have you seen? What are you what have you experienced? And yeah. he talked about uh, the need for intergenerational mm -hmm. diversity. Um, but he also said that he's noticing a lot of loneliness. And you pointed to this a little bit in your sermon that yeah. like social media friends galore, but we're still. Yeah. Drowning in loneliness and crowded rooms and all that stuff. And so he he had talked about that any any thoughts on that well yeah, the thing that hit me and even watching the song um this is the place this is the place um there was and i don't mean this in a negative way there was a lot of nostalgia in the song and a lot of nostalgia as he thought back of growing up in the church mm -hmm. 
but it was not, it was, he was nostalgic for the relationships that he, he remembers and hangs on to. Yeah. And the whole, the whole scene of dedicating children, burying people, marrying people, that whole relational, I think I, I looked at a man who was highly nostalgic for that and maybe a little wistful mm. that the church mm-hmm. has moved away from that level mm-hmm. of, uh, and did you guys pick up on that? I did. That, yeah. Yeah. And, um, that was important to him. And I thought, yeah, I, okay. So here's uh, follow my thinking here. How many weddings are not even held in churches right. anymore? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Barry. No, it's <laughs> well, we got married in the barn. <laughs> Shots fired. No. no. So it's, and, and I thought this is not necessarily the place where we, for right. even funerals. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. They're not always, mm-hmm. at any rate. So it, it made me a little nostalgic too. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Yeah. I, I, I asked myself the same. Whenever I have to sing a song, any song, I I have to take a hard look at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I struggle with certain lyrics. And there was a lyric in this song that I struggled with initially until I heard him explain it. Mm-hmm. And it was the, here we leave all our pain. pain. Yep. Like we do what? Right. Does, do we just walk into church and we walk yeah. out without pain? Well, that's that's not what he meant at all. He yeah, what, did he, what did he say he meant? I forget. He started talking about um, recovery ministries meeting oh. in churches. Yeah. And how that's something that he has seen um, the church kind of take up the mantle mm-hmm. of embracing people who have yeah. all kinds of pain and the pain of addiction and brokenness and being the place where they come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the place where they come to not just, you know, leave their pain and walk out the door pain free, but really to be yeah. healed, yeah. to be healed and to wrestle. And he was right in that back in the day that would, the kind of level, the level of conversation we have now about brokenness and pain, that was just never you don't talk about, you didn't mm. talk about that in the church. So as much as we can critique the church, I will say maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe the church has loosened up, but the fact that we can bring our pain mm-hmm. into community is one of the best things about the church mm-hmm. when it's functioning well. Yeah. And that was one, that was one of your questions next was what, what do you think the church does really well? Yeah. And he's and his answer <clears throat> when the church is at its best, it's serving as recovery options, Marin, like you said, um, but we're choosing vulnerability and brokenness and we're choosing to acknowledge that we're all kind of there. Yeah. Um, and when we realize that we're all broken is when the church is at its best. And then you asked him, what does the church do poorly? And uh, he was very quick to say, you know, we, we judge other people yeah. Yeah. way too quick. Yeah. And the, one of those things that one of the things I wish we could do and it probably would never happen is to have bill unfiltered. Hmm. <laughs> Because of the conversation, even Barry and I, when we had dinner with him once, um, there's there's a lot more going on in him, in his agitation about the church mm. that I wish, and I get it, uh, Bill's not going to be the, he's not going to go completely vulnerable and say everything he's thinking because of who he is. Mm-hmm. He, he has to He has to measure his words a little bit. But one of the things I appreciate about him is his deep concern for the judgmental nature of the church. Mm. He is... Um, he has got wide open arms to believers from all over the spectrum. Yeah. Um, amazing. Um, you know, obviously 
in his connection in evangelicalism, there's a lot of what I would say, very conservative evangelicals that he's very tied to. But also one of his dear friends uh, is Tony Campolo, who is anything but conservative. And, with, mm. and um, so he is these he, he has a wide open arms. Mm. And I love that about him. So um, what you guys what did you guys pick up in that conversation between Dave and bill like what what are, you, what are you drawing from that is there anything that you're taking away or learning i definitely wrote down the the shut up and be but yeah what he said right after that he said kids don't need more information mm. he said that he tells his grandkids grandpa loves you and i'm here for you and i'm in your corner mm-hmm. that's just beautiful mm. i yeah i i i watched my two high schoolers sitting across the auditorium from me at the Fishers campus <laughs> with all of their high school buddies, all of Merge sits together. And I watched them just spellbound when he was talking about that, you know, correcting mm. Siri. And he yeah. really did make himself so relatable. But for him to say they don't need more information. Yeah. I'm guilty of that as a parent. Yeah. My husband and I are both guilty of that as parents of, of teenagers. We can... We can just tell them and tell them and talk at them and talk at them. And definitely a takeaway for me was just, you could feel the love when he shared that. Yeah. Grandpa loves you. I'm here for you. I'm in your corner. Hmm. That was beautiful. Yeah. I think at one point he said, let your light shine and put your club down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Bill Gaither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I was just blown away. I think he shared a lot that I didn't expect him to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I, I just came away from it feeling encouraged because he is kind of the, a symbol of like cut and dry evangelical subculture. Like he is the evangelical church in many ways has been very much built by him and people like him. And so I got to admit, I was a little bit like, Oh, please. Like what, whatever you say, Phil, like I was like, Oh, like let's, I hope he doesn't say anything, but everything he said, and I just really think he gets it. He does. Yeah. And he is so, he's so down to earth and yet he's still firmly evangelical and he's so Mm -hmm. deeply committed to the gospel. I I feel like it was encouraging because I feel like he rep, he represents many of the things that Grace Church represents Mm -hmm. in that we are still very committed to the gospel, but he cares about justice. He cares about brokenness and he cares about all those things. And it's like, yes, that was, it was affirming to me to hear someone who's not from grace who has that same sort of sensibility about, about mm. the world and about the gospel. And so mm-hmm. I, I guess I came away more with a feeling than any like individual things that he said. Those are the, that was kind of what I, I came away encouraged. Yeah. yeah. And I did, I have heard some people, some younger people who kind of have complained. They were like, it didn't really, it, it really, it, it I haven't heard old. that at all. I heard it from a few, but yeah, it felt like one, too old fashioned or too, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just feel like, if you felt that way, you weren't paying attention yeah, because he, yeah. he, he was not what they were, the box that they were putting him in. It completely surprised me. I'm going to be honest. When I heard that he was coming, I was like, wait, I thought we we're going Gen Z here. Like what, this is the opposite direction in terms of like who we're putting on stage and all that stuff. And I had to, you know, repent. Really? Yeah, I, did. I, had for to real. Deal, I had to deal with that uh, in service. I was like, you know what? God is way more in control of this than I thought I could ever mm. be, you know, because I, I, if, if it was up to me, uh, I, I don't know that I would have made that choice, but God knows what's best for this church. And 
when I saw Bill up there talking, I was like, that is exactly what Gen Z needs to hear from another generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's pleasant. It's gentle, J- Dave, yeah. how you put it. But it's also a little bit surprising because we are so polarized generationally anyways that like we don't expect to hear the message of love and listening and both ways yeah. from somebody who's not in our generation. Right. That, that One of his biggest criticisms is all the generational judgment. Like we're all judging each other yeah. generationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a pleasant surprise that reminded me that God is got way better ideas for what this church needs than I do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Um, okay. So then Dave, you transitioned a little bit to, to an actual sermon about community, yeah, mini, right? Mini sermon. Yeah. Um, anybody who may not have seen it, what, what did you hope that we all took away from, from well, that? Well, I mean, we're dealing with the four questions, the question that the church answers, mm-hmm. who is God? And the second question is, where do I belong? And that's, that was the context of the interview um, talking about belonging. And so we went back into Ephesians and I just looked at one verse yeah. that uh, where God declares of us who have surrendered our life to Christ that we are adopted by him. And I talked yeah. about the concept of adoption in Roman law that um, the weird thing is you could actually disown a, a blood child because you didn't know what you were getting, but you could never disown an adopted <laughs> child because you knew exactly what you were getting. Yeah. Uh, but the point I was trying to make was adoption is permanent and it is serious and it is powerful. Yeah. And so our position with God as our father is, well, I keep trying to get this word. I can't say it right. Inviolable. In other words, inviolable. Inviolable. I think it means unchanging, unchangeable, but at any rate, that's Violet? our, I don't know. I don't what? know. Your mom in, and I worked through this, but I can't see it. Inviolable. Inviolable. Look it up. Invi- anyway, our relationship with God is not going to change. And so I brought this. My point was, if that's my relationship with God and that's your relationship with God, then what does that say about our relationship? Yeah. And there's something uber permanent mm-hmm. about our relationship with each other that we need to grasp. And not only do we belong to God, we belong to each other. There mm. it is. It's the entire sermon. I just repeated the whole thing. There you go. Inviolable. Inviolable. Prohibiting violation. Secure from destruction. There you go. Secure in- from destruction. Incapable of being violated. So our relationship with God is inviolable. It is secure from destruction. There we go. Ta-da. I've never thought, I mean, I've thought about that with my relationship to God. I've not thought about that. My relationship to like, you or yeah other people because i'm i'm someone who's like i'd rather be by myself yeah uh but to know that strangers mm-hmm. like the lady in the parking lot at the fair ooh maybe what? not her ooh. well i don't know she probably goes to church do christians park on the line ah uh, that's a problem <laughs> uh but my relationship with these people and the people of grace church are like just as strong indestructible as I mean, I have a good relationship with my family, but as my family and as my, are you saying as my relationship with God, it's the same type of permanence? Well, well, I think so because my relationship with God is not going to change and your relationship with God is not going to change. It's inviolable, but at the same time. So what does that, it's, I was extrapolating. The extrapolation is then what does that mean about you and me? And if that means that our relationship is that unchanging or that powerful, then maybe I'd stop and look at my relationship with other people and say, yeah. hmm, 
I belong to you and you belong to me. So let's figure this out. Yeah. You know, and and my point then is if that's the case and we're enjoy, enjoying a level of relationship with each other, imagine the people out there who have no one in their life, no one right. that they relate to, have no conversations on a regular basis. The millennials, one out of four millennials that say they have no friends and say, look, here's a place to belong, not only belong to God, but belong to us. Hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. I, I think it's powerful. Right now I'm thinking about when I moved here leaving behind my church fellowship back home in Chicago. And on a handful of occasions, not not many, um, I've been able to go visit them, you know, come home, see my mom, stay with my mom and go visit my old church. And that family reunion feeling I get the mm-hmm. minute I walk through the door, yeah. that it doesn't matter how many yeah. years or months have gone by. We haven't had a conversation face to face in a long, long time, but it's literally like being welcomed yeah. by an actual family member. The, yeah. uh, what's the old song? Blessed be the tie that, that binds, binds our hearts in Christian love. It's yeah. so strong. And the so powerful. Of kindred, kindred minds is like to that above. To that above. Come on, Tyler, get in. What? Where's Where's it? It? What? 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 Nailed it. I don't actually know the song. So. And I don't what? know if you, you know guys have, I don't know if you've experienced that. Having, you know, you've been here all your life and you've been here a long time and you've been mm-hmm. here a long, long time. But the family of God, I mean, you, maybe you feel that when you go to like other countries and yeah, you know, Ukraine or oh, for sure anywhere was, in the in known universe, Barry, like yeah. you're connected all over the place. But that, that tie that binds that, yeah, yeah. it's, it, it feels like actual family. Yeah. So can I take this in a dark, Oh, dark place? Yes. Yeah. This is why it, it breaks my heart when a person in the United States, there are so many churches you could choose. You can just bop out of one and bop into another. Right. And, and walk away from those relationships that were formed where you belong to each other. You're just going to go to another church because you can like the music better there or you like the preaching better there. And what you're doing is walking away from these belonging type relationships. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart because Whoa. so many people have done that. Yeah. Holy cow. I've not thought of it that way. That's why, that's why I've lost more friends than probably mm-hmm. people will have in their oh. life. And, and, and it's true. Big shot. No, it's, it's not. That's <laughs> not what I mean. That's what he was getting at. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I'm kidding. Do you run into these people when you're out and about, when you're at the grocery store? Do you? Yeah. Like two nights ago. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Like, like two nights ago. And as I. It broke my heart to see them. It mm-hmm. feel it, does it feel like a strange family, like estranged? Yes, family. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it feels like, man. And and it only because must be the tie. The these ties that for at least a while our hearts were bound together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And are they still bound together? Well, theologically and theoretically, yes, they are. But no, they're not. Yeah. And that and it kills me. Yeah, and if I if I do compare it to family, like my family's not perfect, right? I don't know if yours is, but mine no. certainly not. There's there's messiness. There's uh, there's forgiveness that's needed. There is arguments. There is disagreements. There's all that stuff throughout mm-hmm. you know throughout lifespans. Why would I not expect it to be that way with a church or like a yeah. church body or you know people people that go to church <laughs> with me? Um, Mm. But I think that uh, 
it, and I don't know if it's always been this way. Has it have people has it always been this way no. where people just No. I don't feel like it has either. It it's it's not. I think it, it's been this way for a long time, only because you drive through the south. And there's Baptist Church across the street from Baptist Church. People have been well, dividing. Well, yeah, but you didn't. You didn't church. Once home. you were there, you were there, though, right? Yeah, I don't think you. Till yeah, till they change the carpeting and you get mad. <laughs> and you start yeah, your own been, church. Has yeah, it been that way? Because uh, that's true. That's the true. second reformed, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Presbyterian like sub Baptist car- red church. carpet. I feel like yeah. it, it's I, either I haven't been paying attention to it or or something because. I feel like in the age of like, I want things, you know, to my convenience or my preference or the things I want it my way, whether it's like who I follow on social media or where I pay attention to what's going on in the world or who I'm associating with. Like it, it all is custom fit to me, including my preference of worship music or my preference of speaking. And it's it's, it's not really focused on the unit of of family. So right. I wonder if that's yeah. well, a difference. I mean, if you compare what church has become to the way that Bill was describing his church upbringing, which was church on, he said, at least at 11, he said uh, it was, it was on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Yeah. And then we had the Tuesday fellowship or he, he listed up all of a sudden, but he said just church was our life. And yeah. what it was, was a community of people that did things together. Whereas now what we've turned church into is a uh, it's a nonprofit we support. It's a social yeah. club that we occasionally attend, and it's a conference that we go to on the Check weekends. In and out, like man. it's not a the, yeah, the community like, part of it is not the core. Yeah. It's the it's something that that's sometimes done if we have the time mm-hmm. above and beyond going to this conference on the weekends. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like it, yeah. For the, the definition of church seems to have shifted. Yeah. And yeah. For and, for a lot of people now. Except for the guy I talked to, yet we had a very fascinating conversation about the things he's going through in his life. And, and But we kept coming back to how he was going to relate what he was going through with his community, his small group, and they were everything to him. Mm. Yeah. And that's the opposite. That's a person who says, I belong to them. And, I, and even as he talked to me, a level of responsibility he felt to them about what he was going through. And that's, that's all I detail I can give. But mm-hmm. I was blown away at the belonging mm-hmm. that he felt versus the people who, who go to church because it's a rock concert with a TED talk. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's very different. And, and if we've been going here for any length of time, like we ought to feel the responsibility to tie the bind or bind the tie with the people walking in who <laughs> don't know. Teach him that song. Yeah, I, I don't will know. teach you that song. With the people walking in that are like, what is this? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I just, all I know is I'm lonely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I ought to feel a responsibility as a family member to be yeah. like, so, you are adopted. Now you are like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we are, we are together in this. You and know? and uh, so I didn't have time. I, I had notes, had my, had I had extra 10 minutes, I would have gone a little deeper later on Ephesians chapter three. I think it paints this picture. He's actually declaring to the church. Here's how I want you to be. What I did is extrapolated out, extrapolated. Is that a word? Yeah. Out as to what, if the church looked like that, what, and he just, he said, you should be humble and gentle and, uh, what's the, I wish I bearing with each, not just each other's burdens, but the, um, essentially my, my take bearing with each other's, uh, errors mm-hmm. and mistakes. And, and I thought, okay, that's a belonging community. 
I am not going to be accused. I'm not going to be slammed. They, yeah. I, I think it says making allowance for each other's that's faults. It, that's it. Making allowance for each other's faults. And I thought, oh my word, that's a belonging community, a community that makes allowances for my faults, yeah. not separate because of my faults. Mm. That's family. That's family. Yeah. And, and that's what the, if the church would say to the world, come belong with us where we will make allowance for your faults. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Right there, there's the byline for Grace Church, right? That's what I want this church to be. That's what church should be. That's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't see you do it this week, Dave, but um, last week, at least, you you kind of reminded us all that Grace is trying to, or we have set ourselves up to, yeah, to prioritize right. this emphasis of community and feeling like right. you can walk in here and... Yeah, find I think a place gonna, to belong. I think I'll do that again next week. I'll probably draw it again to remind us. But yeah. the the fact is we're we're trying to structure ourselves around those four questions. Mm-hmm. Who is God? Where do I belong? How can I make a difference? And what is my destiny? Yeah. And at some point, some, we need to be able to answer the question, where do I belong? When a person says, okay, I love this church. So where do I belong? Well, mm-hmm. let's show you. Mm-hmm. You belong with me and him and her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, where are we going next, Barry? Uh, we are continuing the series. Dad will be back again this coming weekend, and it will all be about service. Where do I? How, how do, do I, I make, make a, a difference? difference? Or, how yeah. do I make a difference? Or yeah, what? Yeah, how do I make a difference? Uh, we're going to talk about what moral joy looks like. Ooh. Moral moral joy is kind of a cool phrase. David Brooks. Um, I re- learned it from him. We're going to talk about that. And um, yeah, I, fascinating. I. For me, it was a fascinating new insight under Ephesians chapter six. So I'll give you a little clue. You know, Ephesians chapter six says, take on the full armor of, the, of God, you know, yeah. the belt of truth. What if, what if we pictured that not as you and me and her and him taking on the full armor, but we together are the entity, the church taking on the full armor. And each one of us has our unique way of being part of the armor. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to paint that picture. Yeah. Like Barry, what if, what if you bring the belt of truth? Yep. And Marin, the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? Marin's more of a sword. Yeah. <laughs> sword of the spirit. Yeah. She's yeah. uh Catchy. Sword. She's yeah. So Tyler, you're the shoes of peace. The, I'm, the shoes, I'm the shoes you, of you peace. You can be the feet fitted with the readiness. To, what is it? <laughs> yes. Like the one that doesn't. Preparedness of the oh, gospel wait, yeah. of peace. I'm so excited about that. Peace I, shoes. So, listen, I'm going to show each piece of armor uh, how it relates to each Enneagram number. Yeah. Oh, there we Whoa. go. Great. I'm so excited about this. I can't wait to show it. Yeah. Well, that case, I'm Seven the is the, the party hat of, of <laughs> celebration. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I love oh, it. Actually, it fits ridiculously well. Oh, cool. Awesome. Sweet. I can't this, wait for that. This weekend? This, this weekend. Oh man. Great. All right. So you'll be back next week then. Yes, sir. Pod. All right. Cool. Uh, I love the series, by the way. Yeah. Um, I'm bummed we're only doing four weeks of it, but I think this is like stake in the ground. I've said it a billion times, but I feel like this is stake in the ground, like almost like a weird declaring that this is what the church mm-hmm. ought to be. And mm-hmm. here's, mm-hmm. if you're with us, let's go. I mean, you yeah. said that the first week, basically, yep. but come on. That's what I said. Yeah. Come mm-hmm. on. Great. Well, I'm pumped. Marin, we please. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes. Ask the church. Will you please do justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God? And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.